Welcome everybody to Let's Talk About. Welcome, Mani. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, today we are talking about slut shaming. I think it's a subject for every woman to, to listen to and to, I'm sure that everyone has some kind of experience with this uh, deep uh, subject, mm. you know, in many, many ways for me, it's been a huge, a huge aspect of my life. Yeah. So let's, let's dive straight in and tell me, okay. <laughs> if someone called me a slut, yeah. <laughs> what what kind of person does that describe me to be? Describe you to be, or the yeah. per- describes the person calling you? No, me. What, you. what what does it mean to be a slut? Well, it's really individual. Mm-hmm. So, what a slut means to me could mean something different to you. It could mean someone dif- something different to someone else. Mm-hmm. And then across genders, it could also mean something different. Mm-hmm. So. I would really be asking what does slut mean like to you, but also to the audience, what does slut mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, because that way you can really investigate your definition of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel that there's one definition, but a lot of the general ones are around being promiscuous, um, overtly sexual, um, addressing in sexual ways being affectionate with people in particular ways Mm -hmm. um, talking about sex openly Mm -hmm. um, maybe being comfortable being naked uninhibited there are so many different expressions that people could deem as being a slut Mm -hmm. Um, but they seem to be the general ones then it can get really uh, deep in relation to simply asking for birth control, you know, mm-hmm. someone asking for birth control, mm-hmm. depending on who that person is that's being asked for it, they could judge them as a slut because they're having, you know, unprotected sex or they're mm-hmm. having sex out of marriage or wedlock, you know. So it's just, it's so vast. But right. anything to do with sexual expression, basically, and someone having a problem with it. Right. Yeah, having a judgment with the it. too much woman. Yeah, it could be the too much woman. Mm. Yeah. For me, this is what it it mainly signifies. It's yeah. like being too much of everything that we, we want to be and afraid to be. Yeah. So this feelings of, I guess it brings up this shame inside us. How, how do you think that shapes us as women? How do you think that this pressure, this shame, this social uh, suppression in some way? Yeah. Um, what does it do to us? Even women aged 40, 50, 60, like I feel yeah. like it's something that's ingrained from such an early age. Yeah. And unless we consciously work with this uh, idea of removing this shame, mm-hmm. it shapes us in everything we do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how I see that it shapes female bodies in particular is primarily creating a deep dissonance towards our own body intelligence our own erotic intelligence and our own ability to feel really comfortable and relaxed in who we are Mm -hmm. and that can result in a lot of emotional suppression sexual suppression um 
that sits in the core of, as you said, shame. Mm -hmm. And how that shame manifests is either acting sexually and then judging yourself for it, judging others for acting in a particular way because that's an aspect of yourself that you're repressing. Um, it just results in a lot of repression, mm -hmm. basically. And the consequences of repression are deeply damaging because the more that you repress, it comes out mm -hmm. in different ways. It's not that if you repress something, it doesn't manifest. It's just that if you repress something, it will come out in an unintegrated and um, unhealthy way, right. I guess. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it really creates a lot of disconnect just to our natural state of being, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like if I think about that on a daily, on a daily level, you know, how I go about my daily life, how do you think that is expressed? Like for me, the first things I see in my mind is um, how I act in the bedroom. Yeah. You know, even with my husband or my partner or my lover of years, you know, even there, I, I would imagine myself being afraid yeah. to be certain things. Or if I'm going out in the streets, the way I present myself, the way I walk, you know, the way I look at my friends in the eyes, looking mm -hmm. at my, my partner's friends, being afraid of my power. Like, this is, these are the kind of images that come into my mind on how, when I was in my sexual shame, my slutty shame, how, how it came up in my life. Like, I was so embarrassed to look at people in the eyes, yeah. especially my ex-husband's friends, you know, I, I was afraid that they would think that I'm flirting with them yeah. or they would think that, you know, how it looks on the outside, how I dance. I, I never used to dance like mm. I wanted to. When I got married, the way that I danced just mm. stopped. Mm. Stopped. Mm. I would dance like this, you yeah. know, just afraid of being too much. Yeah. So I wonder if you have any, you know, common common uh, ideas women especially deal with these kind of like how is it exposed actually how is it um expressed shame where where does it meet them on a daily life it meets it it, it can and often meets us with this deep need to be um validated and approved mm. so at the core I think of any suppression but if we want to talk about obviously such shaming or sexual shame 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 says who I am is fundamentally wrong shame shame is saying who I am is fundamentally wrong so I have to be everything other than who I am to maintain love and connection because as human beings, we survive on love and connection. Um, we're social creatures. Mm -hmm. So if anything of, of that kind is at threat, that's a really deep core human wound. Mm -hmm. And depending on our own reality that we've lived in growing up, our life, um, our family life, our religion, our culture is going to inform us what means acceptable and what doesn't mean acceptable mm. and so we shape and create a self-construct around what we've learned gives us a sense of connection and safety mm. 
And if, if that's a threat, will the psyche will do anything it can to protect us, to make sure that we're still loved. Mm. So if that means not expressing yourself dancing in a particular way, that's how it's going to come up because that's a threat. Right. And this, is, this isn't conscious. This is deeply embedded in your system, mm. basically. Mm. So a lot of us are functioning under deep trauma responses and programming and conditioning mm. about how we can stay with our tribe essentially mm. and not be cast out of the tribe mm. Mm. so it runs really really deep wow yeah you know what really can annoys we, me can we i can hear my i can hear some speaking oh <laughs> it's wigging me out <laughs> that's better <laughs> better yeah thank you what really annoys me is that a man can do exactly the same thing yeah as a woman may want to do or yeah. does and judged completely yeah. differently yeah even even oppositely yeah 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 why well this is what we call patriarchy and sexism and misogyny <laughs> i mean this this is misogyny at its core this is patriarchy at its core and when i talk about patriarchy i'm not talking about male bodies dominating female bodies i'm talking about the fact that patriarchy is a paradigm in which all of us live in as human beings but there is a big misconception that patriarchy is men dominating women but it, it is not it's literally a construct that we as human beings live in and operate under which is basically Feeling, expression, embodiment, um, truth mm. is repressed over dominance control structure. And anything that goes against the natural form of being, you, you can see even when we look at nature and how we as human beings treat nature mm -hmm. and use um, consumption and technology, which are all, you know, technology is an amazing um product of our humanity but we have a lot of things through patriarchy that dominate the feminine essentially mm, right. and so when we look at something like sexism we're seeing how we basically pedestal certain behavior versus others and when this comes down to male and female bodies and the expression of that i feel that there is such a fear in female sexual power that that's why the patriarchal paradigm has repressed it so much. Wow. And this is, this is centuries of repression, mm. centuries. Like, as I said, it's literally the waters that we swim in. Mm. So when someone is rising into their power, we want to push that back down mm. because it's, it's too unknown and scary. Right. And I know I'm speaking in quite like a vast concept, yeah. but this is where it's at. So sexism, sexism is very alive, very, very alive. And it's literally just how we've been programmed. Mm -hmm. And this is very colonized. Like when a lot of our cultures have been colonized by white supremacists, and I'm speaking as this from a white woman, um, if you look at pre-colonial times, sexuality was very open and very free. 
And if you look at places like Africa, they, and if you start looking at decolonial sexuality and the feminine, you see in many cultures, sexuality is revered, female sexuality is revered. So this is very specific to white Western colonized Mm -hmm. sexuality, that even if you're a person of color, a woman of color, you're still falling victim to wow. because we we function under this kind of realm, especially in the Western culture. Mm. So wow, <laughs> takes all the way back. Yeah, it's yeah. big. It's really really mm. big. Yeah, and there's just such a huge double standard as well mm. around how a man acts. Like literally, if a man fucks three women in a week, he's awesome, and if a woman right. does that, she's a whore and a slut. Right, you know. Right. Yeah, so, that's the classic. Uh, yeah. Mm. But we as women perpetuate sexism. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm passionate about looking at because as female bodies and as female identified beings, we can sit and complain about these topics, but we contribute to that oppression just as much as maybe right. even more right. because gonna, we yeah. are just maintaining that narrative. It's crazy. Yeah. And we're going to hopefully break that. Start breaking those. Mm. I want to, before we get into that, I want to ask you about your journey, how you began to heal your own uh, slut shaming, how you began Mm. to embody it, Mm -hmm. how you discovered your erotic innocence. Yeah. I I witnessed you yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I must say. In a beautiful, beautiful striptease, and yeah. you come from the world of stripping. Yeah. And wow, first of all, <laughs> I was impressed very much. It was so beautiful to see you. Thank in, you. In your in your power, in your confidence, in everything that you your expression was so beautiful. How tell me how tell me about this journey. How did it begin and how did you get to to being able to embody this so so unapologetically? Well, wow, my whole journey around sexuality, I think, started 10 years ago. Um, I mean, it started when I was young. I mean, when I when I walked into high school. My first day of high school, so I was just turned 13 years old. Mm. I was a virgin. I think I'd kiss a boy before. Mm. And I walked into school and there was a group of girls who were a couple of years older than me and I walked past them and they called me a slut. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Like I've heard that term before. That's not me. And so I felt um, just confused. And then it kept happening, thank you. It kept happening and I remember starting to feel like there was something wrong with me because I kept getting this feedback from women mm. that I'm a slut. And so if they're, if I'm receiving that feedback, especially as a young teenager, I'm gonna internalize that as something's wrong with me. And it wasn't until years later that I started to notice that I triggered certain women. Mm-hmm. I have always had a really good relationship with women. I'm always surrounded myself with women, but there were experiences where 
I would trigger women and it was all in the subtle realms. Like nothing was overtly spoken about except those experiences of being called a slut at school. Then um, years later, I moved to Thailand when I think I was 22 years old and I came to a very sex positive community and I was invited to go to a women's circle. And I remember the, the word or the term women's circle, it literally gave me diarrhea. <laughs> like I'm not joking. I had a, a lot of discomfort in my system and I didn't go for many, many months until finally I did. And I remember sitting in that circle of like 20, 30 women feeling so uncomfortable and what I identify now as so unsafe. And I remember the facilitator saying, how is everyone feeling? And repeatedly, I heard really uncomfortable to be in a group of women. Mm. And I was like, wow, I feel the same. And that spoke to me. It's like, why? What's going on? And I found a lot of healing in this particular community because they celebrated sensuality in women. They celebrated sexuality and sensuality in women between women. Mm. And that was a really big shift for me in my relationship to myself because I realized based on feedback that I'd received that apparently I had a particular type of sensuality that triggered women mm -hmm. and this was the type of aversion that I would experience from others mm -hmm. and that was what I was feeling many times through my my teenage life because I looked like this literally when I was 13 like oh. I looked like I mean I'm not 18 now but when I was 13 I looked yeah. like 18 years old oh, right yeah so I had a fully developed I had sexual energy and somehow that was creating discomfort in others so being in this environment with women where we were like celebrating that wow. was a complete mind fuck and a paradigm shift and then I realized I wanted, I realized that this was a wound of mine and I wanted to work through this. And a friend of mine said to me, I think that you would be great being a stripper because I've been a dancer all my life and I dance, I'm very connected to my own sensuality and somehow he just mentioned this and the idea stuck. And I went back to Australia and I, I got, got work in one of Melbourne, Melbourne's big strip club, the wow. men's gallery. Wow. And what was awesome is I'd already become a practicing psychotherapist at that time. So I had a lot of deep psychological background in me to like navigate my experience in there. And I had a lot of kind of conscious sexuality experience as well. So I had for that age. What age is this? I was 24. Okay. So 23, 24. So I had these kind of tools to support me. Mm -hmm. And I went into the experience not to make money, but to actually have this experience of being in an environment where your expression of your sensuality and sexuality is permissioned. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of thing. Where is an environment like a laboratory that I can go in and experience myself? Wow. And that's kind of what I've noticed I do is I enter portals really deeply to like, gain the wisdom from mm -hmm. those spaces mm -hmm. and what was so powerful was being around other women strippers who were fully in that expression wow so just contemplating and really working with that 
as consciously as I could at the time just transformed my whole relationship to the sacredness of my sensuality. And funnily enough, I stopped sexualizing my sensuality. Mm. I saw it as just a powerful manifestation of life force, which is the what sensuality. I see. The sensuality, but also my sexuality. Mm. I, I use those words almost interchangeably, right. but that's what the erotic has become for me is the erotic is aliveness. It's life force. Mm. It's, it's the movement of life coming through me in a particular way. Mm. And, um, and it just shifted into, we had this conversation the other day, like a way of being, like almost right. a lifestyle. lifestyle yeah. And that's what I find the big issue is around sensuality or expression sexually it sounds like a bit of a paradox, but we sexualize it. Right. Because we've got so much sexual repression. Right. So, I mean, I just told you a big long story, but that's kind of how my experience shaped my understanding of that. And then I started creating workshops and trainings around therapeutic erotic dance and shadow work for women, looking specifically at the shadow side of sexuality, um, the shadow side of women perpetuating oppression in right. slut shaming and how we can move into spaces of celebrating and supporting each other mm -hmm. to move out of this construct that our sensuality mm -hmm. is something to be feared and repressed. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's dive into that one second. The women. Yeah how we do this to each other, yeah. even though we know how it feels like inside for it having done to us, mm. but we still do it to other women. Yeah. Why? It's a nice little thing called projection. Right. <laughs> so for those that maybe don't know the term projection, um, projection is a psychological term that means that you are casting out unintegrated parts of yourself onto someone else. And you can find out your own suppressed aspects by the way that you judge others or by the way you might even have envy, envy towards them. Mm -hmm. So something that you're not owning in yourself is put onto another person and very often through, through judgment. Mm -hmm. So that is that's what's essentially going on mm -hmm. is that when we're triggered by something that's telling us something more about ourselves right. than, than the other person, right. but we don't have the tools or the education to understand that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time people don't realize that they're shaming someone right. and they don't realize that they're shaming themselves right. either because we don't live in a culture that supports that type of, emotional intelligence right so it's actually a high privilege to even be having these conversations and bringing them to awareness right. uh, not a lot of people have access to it so we're just swimming in projection all the time because right. we're an unintegrated society basically right so when that's happening between women it's because we're just projecting our own conditioning onto the other person our own lacks yeah exactly wow um so interesting <laughs> really um 
let's say I work on those things inside of me and I begin to embody this uh, slut side of me. How can I do that in a way that is not just, uh, okay, I'm now sexually expressive. How, how can I do that with an awareness, a consideration for other women? So other women will not find me a threat to their husbands, to their boyfriends, to their lives. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that there is, I think that there's so many levels of, of unslut shaming ourselves. Yeah. And maybe the first one would be, okay, I can do everything that I want and be with everyone that I want. And then I'm sure that there's a toxic level of that. Mm. Yeah. And then taking that into like the next stage is okay, I can be whatever I want, but I also really love my sisters and my girlfriends and the women in my life. And how can I balance between being this everything that I want to be and still not feeling like they are threatened by me? Yeah. Yeah. Just like letting all of that land. Yeah. So. This might come up later on in the conversation, um, but it's also really redefining slut as well. Mm. Um, that's something that I want to kind of premise because I feel mm. that if we go into okay, now I'm and now I'm embodying the slut, even that word is just another mental construct. Mm. So for me, if I'm embodying my slut, I'm actually removing that word altogether and I'm just expressing myself authentically mm. and I'm just being in my natural state of being. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So for me, slut shaming, once we integrate that, that word doesn't even exist anymore. Right. It's just kind of like I'm comfortable being who I am. Right. Full stop. Right. So that's the first thing that I want to kind of say. And within that, when you're comfortable with being who you are, you're owning your desires, you're owning yourself. That doesn't mean that it negates deep empathy and community and connection. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that, like, if you're in your authentic self, that mm -hmm. doesn't remove your ability to relate and empathize with other human beings right so i feel that if you're at that point you're actually more sensitive and more attuned and more in flow with with the harmony of those around you that you're you're not wanting to cause pain or discomfort in others right um but that doesn't mean that you can't control who gets triggered by you or not right but you can control how you sit yourself place yourself in what is an integrity for you mm -hmm. yeah and if being in integrity for you is not being with your best friends partners or even a woman that you know that's something that is in alignment with your values right so it's really it's going to look different for everyone but if you have a particular value system mm -hmm. and you're in alignment with mm -hmm. that like Right. Yeah, it's 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 not about like okay, fuck everyone. I'm gonna do what I want. It's like I'm being in my authentic self is being in full alignment with truth, basically, which may also come in the form of the freedom of my sensuality with respect of others as well. Right. I hope that made it made sense. Made sense. Yeah, it made sense. Um, I'm just wondering how people can find that. Um, 
peace even within themselves that they are you know wanting to express their sexuality in whichever way they want like how do they I guess the values change for everyone no no but I feel like you have a specific question that you want to get clarity from yeah like I, I just I wouldn't I would want people to if they are going to want to embody the slut yeah then I'm sure there is a toxic slut yeah and in healthy slut. Yeah. So what what is the difference? What is the attributes of a toxic slut? Right. Okay. And what is the attributes of a slut, a conscious yeah. slut? Yeah. <laughs> so the attributes of a conscious slut would be being in alignment with what is an integrity for mm -hmm. them, right. which hopefully would include respect and empathy for those around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that could even mean being open and honest about like, Hey, I have this desire. Mm -hmm. I don't need to act on it, but I want to be honest about mm -hmm. who I am right now. Mm -hmm. This is me. Right. And obviously you would only relate to people and say that if they could receive that information as well. Oh, right, right. So that right. comes more into like right. who you're relating with. Right. Um, so conscious slut is being in integrity, respect, and toxic slut, I mean, for me, I, that word doesn't sit well, but when there's a lack of integration, you could just be using your sexuality as a source of validation and approval. So right. you're, you're just feeding off that feedback and experience to fuel your own worthiness, to fuel right. your own ability to feel and, right. and experience reality in a way that is in detriment to others so right. it turns kind of being selfish isn't bad but in a in a in a disconnected selfish way where you're right. you're putting yourself first in detriment to others mm -hmm. essentially right and so do you think that those are what is the need behind a toxic slut like you know people that are trying to maybe fill a hole of love yeah and so they go out you know, sleeping around in, with their husband, friends, husbands, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. what what would you say are are the common needs behind mm. the toxicity of the sluts? Yeah, like as I said, really needing to feel a sense of worthiness mm. for themselves, mm. and I mean that sits at the core of of so much of our behaviour. Mm. Is this I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, and I need experiences to give me that at least temporary experience. Right. Right. But also um, trauma. <laughs> so if you've experienced sexual trauma and you've experienced like incest or a deep violation and you understand love through sex, then you're going to keep trying to find love through sex. And trauma, and, and, and trauma is something that really needs to be discussed more, especially in these types of spaces, because mm -hmm. it's very complex. Mm -hmm. And how we experience trauma in our own bodies can manifest in this way as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it can get really deep. Yeah. And it's really painful because we judge people based on their behaviors, right. but we don't look at why. And, and that's, I love that you asked this question, like, what's the need? Because if anyone's acting in a particular way, it's because they're trying to get a need met. Right. And it can come in the most fucked up and distorted ways. Right. But at the core, they're just like anyone else right. who really right. maybe right. didn't get their needs met and don't know another way to do it. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, 
I think that's the key yeah. of understanding, seeing beyond. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad and, and, and very common. Yeah, very, very yeah. Common. and that's why we need community to talk about these, right. these topics because all we do is sit in judgment and dissonance towards other people. We never go, why? Right. Why are they being like that? Right. On yes. both sides, why is she being so sexually expressive and why am I triggered? Right. Why is she acting like this right. and causing pain in others? Does she need help and support? It's just like, she's bad and she's bad. Right. And I'm right. better. Right. Right. You know, right. Right. it's right. that is what is the most And that's when the bitching all comes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that is such a world of, uh, wow, it could be really mean. Yeah. At all ages, oh like from God. school, yeah, till 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 now, childhood. always, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's really painful, yeah, really painful. So that's the thing that women do to women, yeah. And I feel like um, sometimes we are also our own worst enemy. Absolutely. And sometimes it's not even coming from outside, not our friends, not society, but we, we slut shame ourselves. We slut shame ourselves. Yeah. We beat ourselves up for our actions or our desires. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Why? Why do we do that to ourselves? And yeah, let, let's start with why. Well, again, I mean, for me, everything circles back to the type of programming and conditioning that you had. And right. especially if you've come from a religious upbringing, mm. um, if you've come from a family home where there was, again, sexual trauma mm -hmm. or there was just a lack of sex positivity, body positivity. Right. We grow up, especially in your younger years, that's how you shape reality. So whatever information you absorbed that's how you're going to understand what is okay and not okay. Right. And if you're acting outside, if you even have thoughts outside of what was deemed safe, then we're going to go into shaming. Also, um, we could have had experiences where we were shamed for something and, and genuinely believe that we're dirty and wrong. Right. So every time we might have a sexual thought or a sexual feeling, we're going to relate it back to that uncomfortable experience we had. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like for me, me being called a slut, and this is a perfect example. Like I don't smile at men that I'm attracted to. Huh. I literally become invisible. Like people look at me and I've heard that they think like I'm super confident and I am not. Right. Like I am the shyest fucking person. Mm. And because I had feedback all through my life, you're a slut, you're this, you're that. I don't want to smile at men because I don't want them to think that I want to fuck them mm. because I believe that that's what they will think when I look at them because I believe that I'm just by being me is too sexual. Right. You know, right. and yeah. it's taken me a still, I struggle with it. Mm. Um, I had like an accountability partner, but I would be like, I smiled at a guy today. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but it's painful because I realized that I've missed so many beautiful connections with men, mm. even just chatting or whatever, right, because right. I, I just shut off. And right. apparently I have unavailable fuck off energy. Mm. So, and that's a trauma response. Right. That's not actually my truth, but it's my protective shell. Mm. And I still carry that. I have to be really aware of how that's operating in my system because it's mm. so deep. Right. So our experiences just, they inform our shame. Mm. And again, any sexual violation, trauma sits in the body. So you can't just talk about this stuff. You need to enter the body and start to process that repression 
by releasing the emotions around mm. it. How do we do that? How do we begin to break our own self-judgments? Mm. How do we begin to embrace Mm. this uh, I'm going to call her the conscious slut yeah. archetype yeah how do we do that so for me group work is where it's at mm. like group having discussions like bringing this out and talking about it but having a mentor or being in group spaces a mentor that you work one on one with with this particular topic or group spaces where you're able to be seen in your shame number one because when your shame is seen that's what actually starts to dissipate it what do you mean seen in your shame when you are it, when you're sitting say with a group of women in a workshop mm -hmm. for instance mm -hmm. and you are navigating a facilitated space where you're exploring something and that's some pain might come up mm -hmm. or you're being witnessed in an experience by others that in itself starts to break it because shame mm. wants to hide in the dark corners mm. so when we reveal ourself at whatever capacity that in itself is already deeply healing mm. but if you don't have those opportunities talking about it mm. talking about your discomfort your shame your judgments like being unfiltered and real mm. about firstly all of your judgments and then realizing where you can own them and see that this is what you're judging within yourself and not allowing. Yeah. That that's like really the first step that's so practical. See where your judgments are and and get mm -hmm. curious about how you can turn towards yourself. Um, but group work is amazing because then you get to be in a collective experience where you understand many people are experiencing the same narrative maybe in a different way. And you can you can start to break that spell yeah. together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, community talking about it, sharing experiences that you feel shame about. Like I know for me, it took me years to talk about the fact that I was sexually exploring with my young friends. Mm -hmm. And the more that you talk about the things that you feel shame about, the less charge they actually hold. Yeah. So right. Right. I, I, for example. I haven't done this, I would like to, but like I fucked two guys in one night, right? A woman might have a lot of shame about that. If, she, if you start talking about that, it's going to loosen its grip because right. you've right. brought it out to, to the, the light. light. And if someone's sitting with you and receiving that in a non-judgmental way, right. like that's where the healing is. Right. And it can deepen, right. but that's, that's fucking powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, sharing and being seen in whatever capacity. Wow. Um, wow, so much information. <laughs> <laughs> so, I need water. In my journey of um, coming out of my Matching. I found at some point that the more I became free, the more I was receiving unwanted attention. Mm. And the more that my actions were being translated in an unhealthy way. And I learned along the way that being sexually expressive yeah. without having strong boundaries 
didn't work for me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Like if I am going into this journey of, you know, dressing how I want to be and being who I want to be and expressing and, but not being um, manipulated or taken for granted or abused. Yeah. Like that really has to come hand in hand with us being a strong woman and having strong boundaries. So what does that look like to you? So that's why I find on par really looking at the psychological and emotional elements of yourself. Mm-hmm. So looking at your shadow for, again, those that don't know what the shadow is, it's what we deny and repress. So mm-hmm. everything that we can't see. So when you're actively doing shadow work, especially in relation to your sexuality, mm-hmm. but all other parts of yourself, seeing your why you have an inability to set a boundary i mean you don't even need to know why but just recognizing i don't have the capacity to set a boundary and cultivating the strength within yourself with support to learn how to do that Mm -hmm. and secondly starting to look at your own ways that you seek validation and approval through that because when we look at how we are expressing ourselves still for love because we can still be really liberated Mm -hmm. but parts of us are still feeding off that attention right so when we're we're cleaning up these shadows within ourself then we are able to feel safe in Mm ourselves. and i think that that's we can't control how other people are going to act towards us, right. but we can cultivate a deep sense of safety within ourselves. How? Okay. So, and also an example maybe yeah. of what is shadow and what is boundaries for mm. people that are less commonly understanding these terms. Yeah. Like, what would be a classic example? Classic example of of me of knowing what is your shadow. Yeah. And then putting up a boundary. Okay. So. I don't wear a bra. I'll give you like a really simple example. I don't wear a bra and I noticed like a week ago I walked into the coffee shop with a dress that was slightly see-through so you could see my nipples. Mm -hmm. And I just put the dress on because I'm not even thinking anymore. I don't sexualize my breasts. So for me, I'm not looking sexual. I'm just like whatever, wearing a see-through top, slightly see-through. I walked in and I immediately noticed that men were looking at me. yeah like I felt that and even women or whatever and so in that moment I have a a choice of feeling of internalizing Mm -hmm. how people are looking at me Mm -hmm. I'm bad I'm wrong I shouldn't be wearing what I'm wearing Mm -hmm. I look sexual etc right or oh people are sexualizing me right now right that's not my game that's not the paradigm I live in right so I'm really fucking clear and solid in where I'm operating from mm. and if I'm sinking out of that that's my shadow is appearing I need validation from people mm. I need people to approve of me mm. so I'm going to cover myself up right now mm. wow is that is that yeah, clear? Yeah, 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 so yeah, that's yeah. a really subtle example yeah um, but if you're actually in an environment where, say, you are dressing sexually and you start to feel unsafe, being in tune with your own body cues of like this, 
it's not safe to be here right now and I'm going to remove myself from this situation because I can't control what's going on outside and so I'm going to exit this but you need to have be in attunement with your own intelligence we're so disconnected from our body sensations that if things are coming up for us and we're not aware we don't know to set a boundary or we could have a guy coming up and being sleazy to us and we want to be people pleasing and fawning so we let them kind of energetically violate us rather than Mm -hmm. saying this isn't okay for me Mm -hmm. I'm going to be me but you're not welcome in my space Mm -hmm. so it's so subtle and I want to talk about the subtleties because that's what people experience more than actual, like on a day-to-day basis, we're not experiencing like physical violation. We experience projection through violation and energetic and emotional violation. So being really comfortable with who you are and knowing where you're operating from, Mm. I don't sexualize my naked body. Mm. So I'm okay being like this and I'm aware that when I walk out the door I'm going to receive projection Mm -hmm. because I know that I live in a sexually repressed culture Mm -hmm. but if I'm walking out and I'm affected by that and I still get affected but I know it's not mine I don't internalize it so that that boundary and strength is within myself Mm -hmm. basically wow I hope I've made sense. It makes sense, but I think it takes like um, probably quite a journey. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And that's where we're going on like a very big um, experience of this. But, and I don't want people to feel overwhelmed, but just starting to look at your own judgments and taking them back is like mm-hmm. if anyone were to walk away with something from this conversation, it would be. that because just the inquiry it opens up and when you start to open up that conversation in yourself Mm -hmm. life god the the divine it starts to carry you where you need to go and everyone's journey is so different as well of what their journey of slut shaming is and Mm -hmm. you can be a fully liberated woman and be completely covered up and not have sex and not masturbate and not even want to engage with anybody. But that's your choice. You're coming from a sovereign choice of this is how I choose to be, not based on conditioning, but by my deep desire and longing to be in this way. So when we talk about embodying the slut archetype, there's no image, Mm. there's no narrative that comes through that. And that's why I said, I feel like it transforms into living authentically you because mm-hmm. if you've reached that point, mm-hmm. it trickles out in all areas of your life, right. not just your sexuality because right. we're so interconnected. We're psychosexual beings. Mm. So you could work directly on becoming sexually liberated and just become a really authentic human being mm. in general because right. you're moving through the the shackles of um, conditioning, mm. basically. Right. So if you work here, you're going to work everywhere. And right. if you work here, you're going to work there. Right. You know? Well, that was actually my next question to you, which you just answered. It's what does this ethical slut look like in all her glory? Mm. And really, she's anything she wants to be. Yeah. Because for me, I, I noticed that 
being unapologetically myself gave me this life force. Yeah. And this life force fed everything that I ever wanted. My desires, my dreams, my manifestations, my yeah. career, my my friendships. Like it's this big life force. And it just came from me being so whole yeah. with everything that I am. And, and really not judging other women. I think yeah. that was something that shaped my whole life. The minute that dropped, mm. the minute that I wanted these powerful women close to me, yeah. rather than being threatened by them, the way that I walk in the world changed. Exactly. I was able, I'm able to do anything without the fear that somebody is going to judge me for it. And, and that really changed my whole life. Not yeah. even, obviously, my relationship with women has become incredible. And mm. I, I cherish this connection mm. so much. But everything, every other aspect of my life was really shaped by, yeah. by my peace that exactly. I made with women. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And that, I think that that's again, like I want to reiterate that when you talk about the slut or sexually liberated, for me, it, it comes down to the idea of body sovereignty. You decide what you do with your body and you no longer live under the paradigm or the constructs or the definitions that have been imposed onto you from the outside. And that may look like not even engaging with anybody. Yeah, that may look like always saying, no, I just want to be alone. I don't want to be touched. Maybe you lived your life always feeling like you had to be touched, that, mm. that you had to have sex, all of this stuff. And you realize, you know what? That's not who I am. I'm like this, you know, because I'm the type of person that also grew up believing that I needed to be sensual to get love. Mm. So I grew up in the opposite way that I was getting feedback from men. So I was having one story with women that I shouldn't be this way, but with men, all my feedback of my sensuality was the way that I got love and attention from men. Mm. So it was very liberating for me to not dress in particular ways, to let go of the image of sensual mani, wear tracksuit pants, a t-shirt, completely annihilate that self-image mm. and get really fucking comfortable mm. not having an identity around that that shaped my worthiness. Mm. And now I have no problem dressing in any particular way because I'm not basing my love or, or being loved on that. Wow. So what was liberating for me was to, to really cover up and, and to go inside and to remove myself. And now I can have either or all. Mm. Like I don't need this and I don't need that. When I have them, it's amazing. But my, my fundamental sense of existence and worthiness doesn't rely mm. on those things. Right. So that's why I'm saying your path is really individual because if you're a woman who grew up being told to cover up all the time, maybe finding what feels comfortable and true for you and experimenting with that 
might look like you you reveal your body a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you might end up still being fully covered up because it's it's the feeling that you have inside mm-hmm. that matters, not even what you're looking like. Right. You know. Yeah. So, and eventually, you actually quieten the voices of the judgment because people will judge you. Oh yeah, you're gonna get judged yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, control speaking that. from my experience, especially in the last year. I have become very sexual expressive. Yeah. You know, I'm working in the sexual arts, sensual arts. People see me dancing, couple dancing, really into sensuality mm. in many levels. And, you know, someone just said to me a few weeks ago, like, yeah, you're sleeping with the whole island, you know, aren't, yeah. you, aren't you? And I was like, no, so far from no and like they just took me and my expression and put me in this box that she is this yeah she has this kind of expression and that means that she is that yeah and you know what I was sitting there in the conversation and I didn't even get triggered yeah because I was just like yeah yeah but I can imagine myself a few years ago being even knowing the same thing but it it's shaking me yeah. that people think about me in this way. And this time I just sat in the conversation and I was like, interesting, <laughs> amusing. It amused me that people are talking in this way. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like um, at one point the judgments that are there that you cannot control. And that's a perfect me. example of what I was talking about before, of like that deep internal knowing of like, mm. I know who I am, mm. I'm safe in that. Right. Yeah, like right. that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. You don't even have a need to try and justify yourself. Right. It's like, oh, okay, right. that's what, and this is what's so sad is that we sexualize so many acts of sensuality mm. when like the same for both of us people could think that we're just like fucking everybody right it's just like that's not the reality actually that's something that i leave for one person really even if i'm really sensually connected but if i'm doing this to you it's not sexual i'm just connecting with your body you know even if you were a male body Mm -hmm. i don't want to just fuck you because i'm doing this well this is the gray line between sensuality and sexuality and most of the people they put that in one box exactly sensuality intimacy and sexuality and i think they are such different boxes such different boxes yeah Mm. (laughs) <laughs> wow that was a beautiful talk mm. really really beautiful i would love you to share a little bit about your offerings what you're doing right now what you're involved in so i well i'm a practicing psychotherapist so i'm a somatic psychotherapist i give one-on-one sessions i mainly work with women um but looking at emotional repression, how we repress emotions in the body and really just facilitating trauma-informed spaces around nervous system health and um, emotional digestion, Mm. basically, to come into more contact with feeling safe to feel. And then I run educated programs. So I just actually finished last week giving a three-month somatic erotic educator training we had 65 women joining the training um, who are all now graduates in the type of work that i create around somatic sexuality therapeutic movement and shadow work 
and I'm giving another training of that soon. Um, it'll be an eight month training. We have amazing guest teachers on there as well. And you become educated to facilitate um, the work that, that I do basically mm. around sexuality, shadow work and movement. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And hopefully we're going to be seeing something. Yes. I think so. I think it's yeah. Fun. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Let me just see if anyone asked any questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have quite a few people here. Sound not good. Uh oh. Yeah, but no, I, I already asked if it's okay. So, thank you for being here with us. And see you next time. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>